That's right. We have actor extraordinaire, Sean Riggs, the star of Lazarus, which is on Tubi this Friday, February 26th. Sean, it's good to have you on Below the Belt Show. Hey, guys. Thank you for having Guys and women, ladies. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me on here. I'm excited about it. I heard about your show too. Awesome. I, I'm excited. We're excited to have you on because I, I'm really impressed of what y'all did with a, on an yeah. indie on an indie level to produce a superhero movie because usually superhero movies requires these crazy budgets, yeah, hundred million dollars, um, crazy special effects. But guys, you guys pulled it off, man. You guys pulled yeah. off. So congratulations, I, man. It's not an easy task, I'm sure, right? Uh, tell me about it. <laughs> it was. Um, it took a while to get it done, but at, like you just said, something that when you just when you're looking at the competition level, you see Marvel, and that's the first thing you think about. So right. one of our biggest things was to keep the film grounded, and that was going to be the biggest way that we were going to do that, and to understand that we're not trying to compete against Marvel, but to stay in our lane. And staying in our lane is what made it easier to understand. It, because a lot of people, when they say superhero, I get I get scared because I don't want uh, one of the producers or somebody from Marvel and say, oh, you, 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 you're a superhero. OK, you're trying, to compete <laughs> against, trying to compete against Black Panther. Like, no, nah, you know, this is I'll say supernatural. Supernatural. <laughs> there you go. Supernatural that's a, that's, superhero. That's a way of work, uh, working with the words there. But if you could tell us, since you're also a producer on 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 the film, um, yeah. tell us about because uh, it's written by R.L. Scott. Now, I was doing trying to do a little research. It, was this based on the Image comic, or is this a completely original story that R.L. Scott wrote? This was a completely original story. Okay. So when we first did it, um, we created it together, and he wrote, of course, the meat and potatoes of everything that we wanted to um, see on on screen. So the biggest thing about it, I always envisioned myself to do something of a, uh, on, on a hero capacity, but I wanted something that was a little bit different, that was fun, that was a little bit more gritty and grind, um, dark, and, and had a thriller essence to it. Yeah. So me and R.L., we met, just a little bit of history about me and brother R.L. Scott, we met about 15 years ago. Oh, wow. And it was on a, um, another project called um, Slums 13. It never got into fruition. And I remember it was when MySpace was out. Yes. So I went to go see him and I said, this guy is doing indie films. I love indie films. I want to create indie films. So we went on his journey. He was living in Atlanta. I had, I'm from Chicago. I was staying in Atlanta at the time. And then um, we came here to LA and then I went back to Atlanta, met him and me and him just hit it off real easy. We had a great camaraderie. He ended up moving out here. Uh, we wrote a film together called Fuse. That didn't go into fruition and we wanted to get funding for it. Well, you think about about 10 plus years ago, you had to get a significant amount of money if you wanted to get the right resources to get right. the film done. So around then, we were looking about trying to get $300,000. It didn't work out, but we still had that energy. We would go out and try to shoot um, a, a small trailer for it and all these action scenarios. So from there, I started really getting connected to the stunt community. One of them was um, China McCoy. He did, um, he was the Lawrence Fishburne's double and matrix oh. and we were i remember when we worked we had three cameras i was learning about all these practical stunt effects of how you can break someone's leg by putting cotton in it or tissue or something or wow some pillow Oops. and, and you can you can close um put the camera close up on it and break their leg 
So wow. <laughs> years later, we ended up um, connecting forces. I had a great friend of mine, still my great um, friend today. It's like family. His name is Amy Joseph. He's on the show Snowfalls, which is actually debuting tonight at 10 o'clock. Oh, nice. And uh, I came to Amen, and then um, next thing you know, we all gathered together and we created this, we produced this TV series called Two Ye Quinn. And the, the show was about Haitian gun runners. So we ended up gathering up this great circle of actors and, 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 and martial artists, um, um, stunt people, uh, everybody that we can get our hands on in LA and we created this. If you wanted to look it up, you can go look it up. It's on, um, on, on, on YouTube still. It's called two Ye point. As a matter of fact, it's on, on, on Tubi now. It oh, was cool. put up on Tubi. And from there, that sparked the energy for us to go and produce a film called call me King. Now, Amy led the charge on call me King as executive producer. I came on as co-producer. So we basically, I saw even Amy then, that was the time that we were able to see that resources were cheaper, that you can get your hands on great equipment, uh, great, uh, uh, great cinematic cameras for lower costs. You didn't right. have to go buy the $100,000 cameras. You can now get um, a 4K camera, uh, a Canon camera, or um, well, nowadays it's like the Black Magic or the CC3s or you know, yes. technical cameras that you can get that, that give you that, that, that cinematic, cinematic value. quality, yes. Yes, that quality. Uh, and so we produced a film called McCain, and it made its debut on Netflix. We did a small theatrical run, and then it got on Netflix. And then from there, it was just so much that I was involved with, and I saw then, this can, this can be done. We can make an action film. It might take a little bit longer. But... I would rather a year pass and that I'm almost done with something than a year pass and I'm still sitting there thinking about trying to do it. Right. So when Call Me King was done, I remember we came and when I talked with RL, we were doing stuff with deliverables and um, he said, yo, let's um, produce something together. Let's do an action film. Immediately, I didn't have any direction at that time. Had no money. I said, we're going to do it. Didn't, it just, when you're ambitious and you're passionate about something, mm-hmm. You just figure out a way. You don't know. I just, I, I, the universe yeah. just has a way of just saying, if you say yes before you even ask the universe, I'm going to bless you because you had faith before you even tried to really dig yourself into knowing what you're getting yourself into. Okay. So from there, what happened was I wanted to do a trailer first. The trailer was to just get it out there and get investors. Um, was building up money for that. And as an actor, I kept getting blessed. And I'm never going to go straight from this. I got blessed on it. It's a, a great project with Tyler Perry. That was it. Once I had that, I, I'm not the type of person to want to keep seeing my money being spent on Jordans or anything like that. Said, <laughs> well, if I'm going to go out there and, and ask people for money. Special edition Jordans, man. Yeah, I get I, it. I get it. <laughs> if most of my gigs in my career, if the only thing I can walk away from it and say is that I just paid my rent and I got some nice gear. And I had a good time and I had some fun and I didn't invest in myself, then I can only blame myself if, if I don't ever get those particular gigs that I want. So I wanted an action film. I wanted to be the lead in an action film. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to ask anybody for money. I'm going to take my money and then I'm going to do some stuff. And this is what we're going to do. So uh -huh. literally bought the equipment, bought the Black Magic camera, ended up buying the Black Magic Pocket Mini, bought all first things first was the tools. Bought every particular oh, tool yeah. that Very we would need. Very All important. of the tools. There, it was no talk about 
going out to shoot anything until we had all the tools. Then started with about four of us, all the scenes. We did wardrobe. Wardrobe, we got blessed. Arlene Flores was, here's the crazy part, working at Fox Studios. She worked in the Fox Studios wardrobe department and hooked us up. Her wow. husband was poet in the film. And because of that connection, we were able to get wardrobe right at Fox. So I set up shop at Fox. And people were like, oh, my God, this film is huge. They didn't even realize this was just blessings just starting to happen. And then now we That's had amazing. Uh, uh, oh, it, the amount of wardrobe we had was incredible. And it didn't cost me nothing but pennies. Thank you to Arlene Flores and, wow. and Fox Studios. Awesome. They showed a lot of love. Got the suit. Save that on budget, man. Yes. We got yeah. the suit tailored and made at um, Fox. The helmet came from London. Got it from a London artist and, and made it the way we wanted it. And then we got into production. And next thing I know, once you just get out there and you just get started, you just keep going, keep going, and keep going. And it, it did take over a year to complete everything. The stunt wow. community, it just took a lot of work. I'm saying, man, four o'clock in the morning, I would sit at places in the east side of Los Angeles. I had a graffiti artist. I said, listen, I need a city that looks like everything that you paint. And she and her husband were big artists out east side of Los Angeles. She took me to the east side of Los Angeles, and it was all she wrote. I stayed there. Oh. I kept finding locations over there. I would walk into warehouses where NCIS and big companies were shooting there, and it was just me with a tank top on, with my do-rag on, my hat to the back, and the clipboard. <laughs> and, they, and they would look me up and down and say, yeah, well, you don't have 50 trucks pulling up here, so I'm not going to charge you the 50 truck price. I charge you <laughs> the ambitious independent filmmaker price. And that's how I would get it. I would have to literally wait for these places to open, to meet the owners. And that's wow. how I would find them. Because I, I couldn't get a number, so I would just wait until it opened and say, hey, who's the owner? I just you know, want to talk to you about this place. This place looks really great. And it kept happening like that. It kept happening. There were places that were demolished after we left. It was insane. We would shoot. Next thing you know, the place is being demolished. Wow. So it was just like you could tell that this the universe is really, really tailoring this and 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 fine-tuning this for yeah. what we wanted to do and looking out for us. And I kept saying that all the time. I said, Hey, we're being looked out. They we, someone's looking out for us. You know, no this film doubt. is gonna be well completed. So um So you talk was, about lo locations being taken care of, wardrobe being taken care of. So let's talk about the the actors, because uh, you got some great names in this project, man. Tell us right. about landing Amaya and then Casas Mandalore from the Saw franchise and, and some of those actors that have joined the film as well. Okay, so um, first I'll talk about Casas Mandalore. He was a great friend. He's actually a good friend of Aurel, and he had a great connection with him. He had um, he loved the concept. He wanted to be involved. He, he just loved – he's just a he's – a, he's an artist. He's a thespian, and if you have a passion for something, he wanted to be involved with it. He came and he had an incredible rate, a reasonable rate for who he is. Sat yes. and talked with him, met with him out in uh, Malibu, and he just, nice. he just can see that, you know, he just talks like this and you look like you, you, you definitely going to do this. I, I, I like, <laughs> I like you. Must have been Malibu that convinced him. Like, Man, I remember him from the mob movie, like, this yes. Mandalore. So after that, he was definitely on, and we just had to make sure that whenever we shot him, we had his, um, um, had, a, had 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 knew his schedule. So we made sure that we knew exactly when he was going to be able to shoot. And I, what I wanted to do was, 
I set out a block of two weekends for just Costas Mandalo when we got to his particular scenes. Okay. So we had to shoot like that. So I would have a clipboard. You, my apartment was insane. It was at one point I had half of the wardrobe inside my apartment. Oh wow! And you saw all of my boards, you know, my my uh, my you know my eraser marker eraser marker boards, and I would have all the scenes up there, and, and I would circle his as a star, make sure that when we get to him, we're gonna get all of his scenes done in one week, and then he'll be okay. Maya, now that one was crazy too. Ooh. I um R&B superstar another... case of the X. Yes. Bully Bukashay avec Masa Swat. What's up, man? That's 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 man, all. Now, you know, I'm, I'm I'm from Chicago and I'm from the hip hop dance world. Yes. And I had always dreamed like, yo, I want to get a chance to dance with Maya. Right. You know, but um, and um, I remember there was another actress. I'm not gonna state her name. It wasn't. A, it wasn't. A, you know. It, this is not negative. She had things that she wanted that we couldn't provide right and it just wasn't working out so i came to all real and i said listen this actress is a little older anyway i, I respect her and her craft i said but i think we need a younger fresh type of face that i mean a younger face that appeal to a, a younger audience to give us that demographic because we're gonna we need to we already got Costas, you know, he's, he's, he's university if you don't know Costas, then you just need to leave the filmmaking world <laughs> uh, the movie world in general um so i said my agent, I had an agent of mine who um, ended up starting her own management company. So mm-hmm. she went on to do her own management company. And I and, and lo and behold, I looked and I said, wow, she manages Maya right now. So I called her up and I said, hey, I got something that I think Maya, maybe, you know, I don't know, you know, Maya's huge. And she told me, she said, you know, Maya's actually been looking for something like this. So let me run it by her. And then she <laughs> ran it by her and Maya came back quickly and was like, yeah. And so I was like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> um, and I was just thinking like, this is really going to happen. Once yes. again, and here's the other thing. This is Maya. She came in with an extraordinarily reasonable rate. She's already had, she has a great career. She just wanted, she was a humble individual and she saw something she believed in and she believed in the project. Something she, she hasn't done before, too, right? Right. She said, look, I have some tours coming up. It was, uh, I remember that. It was literally in 2016. Um, and she said, um, I have some tours coming up. As long as you can do that out of, out of my tours, before my main tours are coming up, we're fine. So then when we finally got started shooting, it was a date that we locked. And some things happened that messed up um, on the end of, um, could have stopped us from mm-hmm. shooting. And I said, no. We're going to go. It was basically, if I could say that there was 50 hats that I was looking to be worn by 50 people, they were all gone. So I had to go wear those hats. So I said, no, we're going to shoot and we're going to stick to the schedule because now I feel like the universe is looking at me like, you you got Maya. (laughs) I I, I didn't did it. Now you're going to tell me you're going to quit because of this? (laughs) So um, she had a tour coming up and I said, look, all right, we're going to get started. That's our day. And we started with her first. She was our first actress that we got done and i found locations where i said we can get all of her stuff done in this amount of time and then she can be on tour and then now we can we'll have that and she was so incredible she was such an incredible talent she came by even when we went to, had the wardrobe at fox she showed up for all of that you know did everything she was so happy about it and um she got involved and then when the project was over not just to mention that she did that on top of all of that we had a theme song 
that was being rapped by um, this guy named R Truth. If you know anything about the WWE, yes, yes. R Truth, uh, of course. Yeah, Archie actually battled him at a rap off several ago. times, right? right? Yes. Yeah, several times. <laughs> he lost, but he did the rap off. Yeah, he won. He won, but it was it was close. R Truth. R Truth is actually on your soundtrack. He sure is, and it's done by um J Tracks, Justin J Tracks Echoes out of Atlanta. He um, was representing, he's the manager of R-Truth, and he's the producer of all of his music. He helped oh. me with the Call Me King soundtrack, and I've been knowing J-Trax for a minute, too. I sat endless nights in the studio with J-Trax, and he kept telling me on Call Me King, brother, when you get your action, I want, I'll, I'm going to help you. He's going to do this. And then when Lazarus came up, he said, I got you. He came with R-Truth, and I said, wow. Heard the song, and J-Trax was singing on a hook, and I said, if a female was singing on this, a woman, this would be incredible. What about Maya? He said, can you get Maya to sing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, everything else is working, right? Right. All I could do is ask. Right. And I literally reached out and asked, and she said, send a song. And I sent a song. We had, But here's the thing. We already have been talking about that, oh. about doing the song. And she said that I'll, she sent me some of her songs on her catalog. And I said, we're going to want to do an original one, but I don't want to make her have to do so much work on right. an original one. I got to have it made. She heard it and immediately came back and said, this is great. And then she oh, said, look, uh, I'll come into town. You just got to give me studio space. And I said, I literally got what? it that day. I made it happen. <laughs> I said, she just wants studio space. And I had another friend of mine who was Keith Harris. He produces with um, Fergie. And oh, wow. I um, Michael Jackson, he, Michael Jackson, he's done a lot. He was he was so open to that, and he gave me studio space. He said, oh, you have a Maya in there? All right, well, I'm going to give you the, the, the Maya's going to be in my studio discount. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> And he was incredibly uh, uh, helpful in that. We got a studio. The studio was incredible, and yeah. we got the soundtrack done. Well, well, we got that song, particular song done. R-Truth killed it on that. J-Tracks killed it on that. Was Archie in the studio as well? Or did, did they did they did Maya was in Atlanta? Okay, so Maya sang over our truth tracks. Right. So this nice. is what I had to do. Uh I had to sit in there in the engineering studio with J Tracks via FaceTime. Okay. And so just like I've been talking to you, Maya right. was in the background in the studio with the engineer right here. She's singing the track and J Tracks, I would turn the laptop around so he could see her. And oh, then he wow. would come back to me and then tell me, all right, tell Maya to do it this way. And then um, I'll put the microphone to it. So we orchestrated it the perfect way and got wow. the song done. But if you, nice. I'm going to figure out a way of getting, letting everybody start hearing that because it's on the end of the film when you um, hear it. Oh, yeah. Like, it's you heard incredible. that. But yeah, that's, just, that's a story on Maya. And um, actually, and I have to hit her back now because she wants, some, she wants um, some trailers assets so she can start posting about the film. Absolutely. But Maya's wow. got a really cool character. She's kind of very all-knowing. She knows the source of your character's powers, the extent of your, your character's powers. So um, mm -hmm. I was hoping to see a little bit more. We just got a little, little, a little taste of Maya, not, the, not, not in the whole film, but uh, kind of uh, the all-knowing character, I guess, right? Right, right. And so that's something that, you know, we're going to build on. So these, that was the biggest thing is just I didn't look at this as a one and done. I looked. I looked at this as a universe. Oh, we could, we, we could tell. We could tell yeah. because of the. Yeah, exactly. I was. That was going to be my question. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Anna. I know where you're going. Go ahead and throw it out, Anna. Yeah, when it ended, I was like, oh wait, so that opens it up for uh, a sequel then. So, and there's like different uh, aspects of the story that can have continuation. 
So yeah, that answers my question. (laughs) The thing is about this, you know, sometimes you, 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 you see things and you say, I want to see that. I want to see that. I want to see that. Then one, one day you look in a mirror and then the mirror is talking to you and you're saying, I want to see that, but it's talking to you and it's saying, well, that means I need to go do that then. Okay. (laughs) So, because you want something. So sometimes you have to orchestrate it on your own. It's just like that, you know, and um, I, I, I'm a big advocate of that, that if you really want something in this world, if you're, if it's not happening a certain way that you're getting it given to you, then maybe you have to go out and make it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's what I felt like needed to be done. Well, Lazarus yep. to get out there and get it done. Yep, and we saw that in, in what you're alluding to, Anna, in the um, mid-credit scene. So you, you borrowed from a lot of the popular superhero movies, which I loved, and you threw in your own mid-credit scene, which was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you had to do that, right? You listen, listen, hey. <laughs> but you know the crazy part: timing is everything. It's amazing because Marvel isn't really doing anything right now, and so it isn't saying that they're not going to do anything. That's my son in the background; he's excited. Awesome. He's mad when he's, he's mad oh, when I'm not giving him attention. How old is he? <laughs> he's um almost two two uh he's um uh what's the months uh, okay twenty two months. Okay. <laughs> so he'll be, um, awesome. He'll be awesome. two in uh April twenty fourth. Actually, it's the twenty fourth today. He'll be two in um two months. Um, oh, that's adorable. Happy early birthday. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get let's get more into the film. So uh, again, your your character uh has a crazy powers. You can. I didn't see the, the super duper nuts crazy powers till like the last fight scene, but initially, mm-hmm. man, you are one powerful motherfucker. <laughs> 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 Pretty much impervious to gunshots, super strength, hand-hand combat. I mean, you got all those powers going for you, healing power, and then at the end we see this power where you absorb, I guess, the life force of of, yes. of some of. Your 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 op- opposition and uh, that's insane. I mean, that's going on like straight up Thanos level of superpowers, yeah. man. That's crazy. Well, well, first first of all, you're not gonna keep telling the whole movie for everybody listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 he has his weaknesses where you see where he can be defeated, which we learned that in certain scenarios, which you already saw. Well, that's where I wanted to construct him to be, where you can really see where there, there's a big, there's a weak side, there's a weakness to him. So that's where you, he can build on the strength of him and he will continue to get stronger as long as he's conquering all of these weaknesses that he has in him. It's a balance. And that's what I really wanted to have that. I don't want to, you know, to me, one of the most perfect characters out there is 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 Superman. You know, who can be Superman? But Kryptonite, Kryptonite right. is something that you know he can't get around. Yes. So I wanted to really tap into the Kryptonite for Lazarus, and it had to be unique because once again, there is something about him. And when there are mentions of what we're doing in the future, just trust me, I think that there are going to be some incredible things that we can build towards this universe 
around that because that's the biggest thing that people want to see is more of his origins and who he is. And because of the type of budget we had, we really constructed it the way that we had just to bring people in and not give, we give, we gave enough, not give too much, but just to a point where, like you said, I want to see more, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to see where yeah. this is going to go. So well, I, I saw on IMDb, the almighty street team on your IMDb. So uh, your character of Lazarus returning with several of the other characters in this universe that you're alluding to. So the, would this be the official sequel for Lazarus? This almighty um, not exactly. That was something that we were talking about, but that's not something that was etched in stone because okay. the character Lazarus stands apart on his own. It's an original character. So we did have talks about that before, but okay. you know, that's just something that we didn't really understand what we were doing as in where we wanted to put in. An almighty street team is actually an original comic book series written by a bunch of brothers and they are characters that come out of Detroit, I believe it is. Okay. So that wasn't something that isn't, so I don't want to definitely say that. Okay. Of course, that was just put up on IMDb, but nothing's really into fruition until you actually see it. Got so it was it. just something that we just connected just because we didn't know. But now that I'm seeing what's been happening, especially since we've been screening Lazarus, he stands apart. And people have been saying, hey, we want to get used to this character first before we see an Avengers type. Mm -hmm. But that, but at the same time, he never is. He's not a part of that particular universe. All my street team. That was something different. But mm -hmm. basically, it was an idea that we were having. But now we see that Lazarus is a strong character where he stands into this particular universe, and now we can we can really tap into that a little bit more. I love it. Let's talk uh, talk about some of the choreography. This is some of man on an independent level. Fight choreography was on point, man. Talk to us through it. Um, a lot of the guys are stunt guys, so you didn't really need to yeah. hire any stunt doubles. The, they did all the fighting themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So you're going to call me crazy. Again, what I decided to do and how I made that happen, but when we first started, it was, it was it's, it's, such an, it's such an expensive you know, luxury to have on a film. Stunts. Not just stunts. Stunt men. And you, you ever see a film... And you, you say, that, you know, they got action scenes, but you probably see a total of about five to ten men fighting in it. And you're like, ah, they ain't really have a lot of money. I said, I'm going to figure out a way that we're going to get this to work. So what we did was some of the stunts that we had were significant in the beginning. We had so much footage together. Took that footage. And then I ran to the stunt community for that. Johnny Alexander, he's one of our cinematic um, uh, cinematographers on the film. He's actually a big stunt guru in the industry. He just finished working with Avatar. Nice. He was connected to the stunt community, joining all movements. If you know about Jam, uh, out in L.A. with Aaron Tony. Aaron Tony owns a studio. If you know anything about Aaron Tony, if you watch Black Panther, that's Aaron Tony. Oh, snap. Oh, okay. He, he does it all. He's an incredible stunt guy. And he does, he's the one that you see that the flips on top of the toe and land on the toenail and then kick you from uh, across the street. <laughs> but, um, so I, what I did was I approached it from a different perspective. Okay, so it's just like actors. You got actors who have been in the industry, right, for a minute. You got actors that are just getting into the industry. Are you going to say that the actors getting into the industry are not good as the actors that are been in? No, they just haven't had what? Their break. Right. They need what? What do they need? Footage. 
They need to get on something. They yes. need a short film. They need a film. Give them a chance. So that's why I found the common denominator with the stunt community. How can we help you where you can help us, but we help each other? So it isn't just that you're coming on. So what I did was that. I got onto Ellie Casson. I, I talked to the stunt community. I started, got, I befriended one, talked to one, showed them the footage. I went to stunt parties. You ever been to a stunt party? It's crazy. You just think somebody's about to fly out the window. <laughs> I went, I've been there with my buddy Gabe Pilotti. He did stunts on Rookie um, on L.A. He took me to one. They had this, their own fucking scaffolds. Motherfucker yes. jumped <laughs> off the scaffold into a trampoline. And uh, they, it was crazy. It was crazy. Listen, oh these guys have fun. They are a fun crowd to be yes. around. And it's almost like you're looking around. You see every person that could be. It's almost like you look at, you see all the Brad Pitt, the Angelina Jolie's, or the Denzel Washington, but they're stuntmen. <laughs> like, right. But they right, look yeah. like all of them. So once again, long story short, I befriended a small group of stuntmen, and it just trickled into that. They started building. So then I, once again, I got to my list. I had a list of the guys who could do the big type of stunts, the flips, you know, the kicks, the 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 real you know, hardcore stunts that you just, you see that there's production value. Then I had stunt guys that were just good at taking falls and taking hits and that they wanted to build their resume. And so I came to all of the stunt community and I just worked with them. And I just said, hey, look, I'll take care of you. I'll feed you. I'll, I'll, I'll do everything. I call every single stunt person. We had about 80-something stuntmen. There's a, and there's I a bunch. Yes, wow. I called every single stunt person took time to have a conversation with them about what we're doing and listen it's something about just being nice being a, being being a human being treating people like they mean something and that's why I want to be treated so yes. i saw that the, the stunt community mattered to get to come out here and help and they came when they saw what we were doing they said wow i want to have my stunts on something like this so next thing I know, we were having a scene with 40 guys and a scene with 30 guys. And it was easy to have them to keep coming and keep coming. And then when a word was getting around, they were like, oh, I heard. What this Lazarus. Yes. Yes. I'm going to give me some dope footage. And we had some wild scenes. I mean, there was a scene where I had on uh, some, you know, without saying too much, it's on the trailer. It was a big scene, a rooftop. And, the rooftop uh, had, scene and the last scene. Yes, Holy we smart. had a, it was a, it was a few, it was a couple of rooftops that we had to do yeah. just to kind of match a lot of stuff. And I remember the cops came because we were up there with guns. And so <laughs> we're in the, <laughs> the middle of downtown LA. And you know, you got, we're in a rooftop that was down, not on top, but in the middle. So it's got buildings that can see down. Right, and they yep. just see these people out here with guns. The whole, it was around Skid Row, the whole block. Wow was covered with cops we're looking over the edge like oh shit uh, is that for us I, I, so i had to get everybody ready i said all right you go over there where's my paperwork all right y'all just get ready i said everybody just put this be cool put the guns in the pile over there <laughs> and we had a drone oh in the God. sky and uh, Funny, it was a drone in the sky, and I said, "Where's the drone?" The drone guy was already like, "It's already put in the boxes over here. We cool." I said, "All right, everybody, just calm down. I'm gonna handle this." Cops came up there. One of the people who called and they said, "Yeah, we just got a call." I I had the paperwork, had the permits, and what I forgot to do was just actually go by the precinct 
And they said, they checked everything out and they said, okay. He saw the outfit, the Lazarus outfit, and he was looking. He's like, who are you? (laughs) So I'm a hero. I'm a hero officer. I'm just here trying to save the world on the roof. (laughs) That's very funny. They laughed about it. They said, yeah, we have like SWAT team downstairs, but it's okay. It's cool. We see everything's okay. All right. Chief it's LA. They have to understand Los Angeles. That's where movies happen. So yeah, the chief came up there. They all came and they had a good laugh about it. And they were just like, "Yeah," say we respect your professionalism. Saw the paperwork and they said, "All right, wait, well, you have a good time." He said, "But just next time." <laughs> and this is exactly what the cop said. He said, "Next time, come down to the precinct because sometimes we have helicopters that fly around. They got guys on there that snipers. right. You don't want you don't want that to happen." Oh God! <laughs> just, wow. And I give him a heads up. I never knew. He said, yeah, they fly around. They, they're guys in there with guns. And if they look down and yeah. they don't know, they don't know, you know, you don't want that. So I said, Good. yeah, I'm making sure I'm definitely going to come tell you guys next time. <laughs> Give them a heads up. Man. But hey, man, indie, indie filmmaking, I tell you. Yo, Sean, amazing that we can check out this film on uh, Friday the 26th on Tubi. Phenomenal job in the film. It's great. But but really quick, I want to talk about your TV credits. You got some great TV credits. Chachi, I know you're a big You fan, Netflix You. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, How was that experience working on that show? Oh, that was incredible. I love the show. Me and my wife, we uh, were big um, fans of it from season one when I first saw it. I thought, I said, "Ah, this is a unique perspective. It's it's like a, 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 uh, what was it? Uh, Is it Dexter? It, it was yeah. another version of Dexter, but on the stalking side of it. Like he was, right. we were yeah. seeing that you were falling for this character, right. and then there was a splash of Ted Bundy in there. <laughs> if you think about it, if you really look at Joe Goldberg, it's a splash of that in there, and they make you yes. like this character and make sense of him being a stalker. And when you look at it, you're like, oh my god, he's really a crazy ass dude. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Yeah, so when season two came around and I got the opportunity to work on it, I was just overly excited. You know, I was telling the writers, like, I knew everything. They're like, all right, you, you watch yeah. that. Of course. I'm like, this is you. I mean, this is us. This is you. This is we. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was an incredible experience um, working on that. I didn't necessarily get a chance to actually meet Joe, um, only through Crossing because of, you know, the trailers, everybody's working. So, really, I was connected to John Stamos. Um, oh, um, awesome. really, okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a really good guy. We was that your scene partner, John Stamos? No, no, he wasn't my scene partner, but he was working the same. He was work. He was in the actual precinct where I okay. was a detective, so he was locked up. Yeah, so okay. he was he was a therapist, right? Right, right, right. So at the time of that, if you know about the show, he was locked up. Oh yeah. I, he was, I came by the cell one time, and I was just like, John, I was like, what you do? Like, what you in? Yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It was so hilarious because he caught right on because I walked by and I just see the uh, he's in, inside the little jail cell. And I'm like, John Stamos, what are you here for? <laughs> so we talked for a good man and he was a good guy. We even uh, had a little photo or whatever. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a cre- an incredible experience. They're actually shooting season three soon. Okay. The writers, yeah, are, they're they're book writers. They're incredible. Hoping so you get that was, call uh, for Detective uh, McNamara make a return. Oh, they, you know, the funny thing was I auditioned for one role and then um, didn't get it. But then they called me and said they liked me for something else. They were trying to get me and something. I said, it's OK. You guys are 
really wanted me in something. So next thing I know, I get a call from my agent and said, okay, this time you don't have to go in. They just want to give you this role for Detective nice. McNamara. Wow. And I started laughing. I said, yeah, I know they want me to have the role. I said, when have you ever seen a black man named McNamara? I've never <laughs> in my life oh my God. seen a black man with the last name McNamara. <laughs> I said... So they must really want me. Okay. I didn't even know what to think. <laughs> it works. It what about, was great. Like, what about your career? Like whenever something doesn't work out, it always works out better for you down the road. Yeah. 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 It does. It really does. It's like crazy. I'm not Like when, it, you know, 10 years ago when it would have been like harder with like worse technology and a lot more expensive and it didn't work out. But it comes back and now, you know, 10 years later or whatever it was, it works out like, like even better than you ever could have imagined. Yep. You got the timing, the timing is always perfect. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty incredible. And uh, really quick, um, what about Bosch? Up early, oh. you know. Um, Bosch, you know, um, the road. Yes, you're right about that. You said um, um, Bosch? Bosch? Yeah, well, I was curious about your role on Bosch as Russell Barnes. Yes, I, um, I'm playing an ex-felon on um, Russell Burns. Um, he basically is tied into something that was some criminal activity and he's basically getting sought out after by Harry Bosch. And, um, you know, um, Jamie, uh, Jamie Hector, you know, he's on the show as well. Yep. So, you know, they know I'm affiliated with something that's going on in this particular episode. And yeah, that one was a really, 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 really some really great work. So I think people are going to really love that. I don't know when it's coming out. I think it's spring okay. time that they said we shot that back in October. Okay. So um, it was actually my first job post, well, not post, it's still going on. First job within the pandemic. Within the pandemic, was, exactly. They say everything is going on. Um, we were actually living in Atlanta for one year, and then when I got back to LA, we left for Atlanta June of 2019 and got back to LA August 2020. And um, that was the first gig that I ended up booking as soon as I got back to L.A. Nice. So it was it was incredible. Harry Bosch, he's literally that guy. He's that guy. Like when he's cut, he's just off. He has yeah. a cigarette. And I walked by and I said, oh, you really do smoke? He's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he said, and then I, I walked away. He said, hey, Sean, doing a good job. And I was just like, man, brother, you, you you're him. You're doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see him but, in Mandalorian? I didn't see that yet. I okay, have okay. to watch that. <laughs> I was shocked I'm to a, see him in the Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm a big binge watcher. I okay. like to just binge watch, you know, as much as much as possible. Okay. We just finished um Hell on Wheels. I don't know if you know about that show. Uh, I have you seen got it. I heard that, about it. it. It's really good. And Commons in the show. Um. I I've got the lead actor's name. He it's about the time of building the railroads and all of the things that were going on, the war, the war, the race to building the Continental Railroad and all of that that was happening with these characters. And a lot of them were actually true characters from real life. So if you ever get a chance, check that show out. And I gotta ask, with all the quarantine people staying at home, how did you get in superhero shape, man? Because you you're you're a rip swole. You're a swole in that on that show. In the movie. Yo, um, let me tell you, right, that's I, I I used to run track. I ran track for okay. twelve years and I was damn good and I played football. So I athleticism has been in my life for a long time. I'm okay. I'm a masochist. That's what they, they say. 
you know, I, <laughs> I love pain. I love being in the gym. So I love roles that where I can constantly be in shape. Like my biggest people that I'm a big, a big fan of, Wesley Snipes, yes. Schwarzenegger, yes. Jason Statham, Sylvester Stallone, of course, The Rock. You know, I come yes. from that era. You know, I come from um, um, Raw Deal. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if, you, if you know anything about Arnold Schwarzenegger's work, you know, Cobra with, with Sylvester oh, yeah. Stallone. You know, oh, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and then he comes and fucks you up with his shirt off. <laughs> um, you know, Wesley Snipes, the bet on black and just... Yeah. I, I love I grew up on kick ass movies on VHS tapes. Yep. And 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 I've absorbed them. I will always press rewind. Best, man. Yeah. I, you don't know how great a film is until you watch it on VH, VHS tape. And then you press <laughs> that rewind button and it goes all the way back to the win, very beginning and they click and you're like, Oh, press play again. And you have yeah. three movies. <laughs> three movies on your VHS tape that you had on there and then you had it written on there on the little sticker. Oh, yeah, oh my yeah. god. So, oh so, yeah. Go out of my chair. Yeah. Yeah, make sure you like snap off the little tabs you don't tape over it by mistake. Right. My childhood was incredible. I don't even know how I recorded all of these movies. <laughs> I think every household had the best we were the best bootleggers. We had oh, yeah. all the VHS tapes and all the three movies. movies and I would watch tape. <laughs> three movies, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Star Wars trilogy and all. And it was great because it's it's it was such a time you didn't have to you couldn't skip you couldn't do all of that right you just watch it and right. then when it was over you press rewind and you watch it again yeah. you know yeah. you couldn't stop it on when the movie in the yeah. middle you just had to go back That's to the great, beginning uh... of it. <laughs> speaking of videotapes, my mom used to always tape um. Her soaps each day, like Days of Our Lives. I see here you were in Days of Our Lives. How was oh, that experience yeah. um, being such an iconic um, soap like that? Once again, they were they embraced me really well. I love that show. I love one of the biggest things I love about them is the efficiency. You get there by ten o'clock a.m. and you're done at twelve. Oh right? yeah. Okay. And they do not play. I love how they have you, you. You come there, and I'm the biggest person of preparation. Preparation meets opportunity, meets success, and you build relationships. People love to see someone get on there, especially the actor if they're not familiar with you and you know all of your lines and you're executing them right. um, exquisitely. I love that because I, you know, little funny thing. I don't know why. I just always felt like I just wanted to have a teardrop on a soap opera one day. I <laughs> Yeah, I gotta, gotta have a teardrop in scene. Right. And we, we, and lo and behold, I was auditioning for so many soaps: General Hospital, Days of Our Lives, you know, nice. uh, One Life to Live. And I never booked one. And finally, I got Days of Our Lives. And and the scene that I had was was a tear jerking scene. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I auditioned for that, I saw the actors in the room. And I was just talking to you just like this, like just having a good time, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm here. The scene leads up to the actor having a conversation, and then he cries. Man, guys are in the room with red eyes already. And I know that's a big no-no. You can't go in. That's cheating. You can't make yourself cry, then go in and try to hold it, and then say, go in and let it go. All right, all right. So I was I was really in the moment, and I got in, and it really touched them. And it said, and that was, I remember that's what the casting director said. She said, you know, only when I came in, it didn't have watery eyes. Wow. Came in. Wow! You, you were you were you were where the character was supposed to be in the beginning of the scene, and then you got there towards the end, 
And that's a, that's that's something that we learn um, as um, actors, as thespians, is to be in a moment. Don't try to cheat the moment. You know what I'm saying? This world is really authentic. Authentic. When it comes to being vulnerable, is no one likes a victim. You don't want to walk into a situation looking like a victim. Yep. Will Smith, you know he is incredible with that. Will I? Will is um uh, is an incredible actor when it comes to that. When you look at the I Am Legends, and he looks like mm-hmm. he has so much going on inside of him. But um, working with them on Days of Our Lives, I did that one episode, and then they called me back to do two more. So wow, awesome! You know, Congratulations. the relationships. Appreciate it, man. Awesome. You know. Well, Sean, we thank you so much for taking time to talk with us here on Below the Belt Show. Before I let you go, if you could do a little promo, let us know who you are. Throw out a plug for Lazarus. Let let us know you're on Below the Belt. And whatever you want at the end. <laughs> What's going on? This is Sean Riggs. I am on Below the Belt. Not above, Below the Belt. An incredible <laughs> show. Make sure you check out Lazarus. It's coming out February 26th on Tubi. Fox's streaming platform is going to be incredible. Um, one love to everybody out there. You can check me out on my Instagram. At I am Sean Riggs. Spell my name right. S-E-A-N. It's the Irish spelling. Chicago <laughs> spelling. I am Sean Riggs. And I'm looking forward to giving you guys more into this universe. And I thank you guys for having me. You guys are beautiful souls. And Lazarus won't be taking any of your souls. (laughs) (laughs) Lazarus versus Thanos. Right, right. (laughs) That's a a good thing. I mean, I'm sure if he would have had that, he would have had the powers of the hand. (laughs) Right Right away. (laughs) Sean, that was a great interview. Thank you so much, man. You have a great night. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. All right. You see you later. (laughs) Peace.